I'm Mario Munoz, reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian with Steve Taylor. Well, we've got some important things to talk about today, don't we? Yes, we do this weekly wrap-up, you and I, which we enjoy. Uh, we talk about the uh, stories that we've covered over the past week. And this week, I want to start with something that actually happened right at the tail end of last week. And after we finished our taping, I thought, why didn't I mention this? What it was, we had a great live stream. So when we do a live stream, it's a two-person operation. Obviously, there's the person that's doing the interviewing, uh, which in this case was me, not always, but uh, I was interviewing Cornelio Gonzalez, who is the Executive Director of Region 1 Education Service Centre. But when we do a live stream on Facebook, I need someone behind the camera. In this case, it was Ron Whitlock, and I really appreciate that short notice. He came along to do this on a Friday afternoon. Well, it's an interesting story because it, it, we weren't planning to do this interview, this live stream with Cornelio um, to coincide with the state figures, the new state rankings for accountability of all the school districts and charter schools in Texas. That was not the plan. I had been told independently, not knowing these rankings were coming out, that Region 1 was doing really well. So I thought, okay, well, let's, you know, I've always wanted to do an interview with Cornelio. And so set it up, and lo and behold, the very day that we go to do the live stream, <coughs> these figures come out. And Cornelio, <coughs> like everybody in Region 1, is just blown away by the figures. It's never happened before as you have reported on with me this week, through the week, as we've done these education podcasts, edu education, uh, the subject of education in a series of podcasts, which we'll talk about in a minute. Well, Region 1, first time ever, all A's and B's. There wasn't a C, there wasn't a D, there wasn't an E. There's lots of angst around the, around the state of different schools and school districts failing, getting an F grade. Well, the Rio Grande Valley, which is probably the poorest area, in the state with the most socioeconomically challenged families with a high proportion, a higher proportion than anywhere else of students for whom English is a second language. And, and the kids are doing incredibly well. The schools are doing incredibly well. So we got a great interview with Cornelio and he talked about, you know, the, the can-do spirit of the Valley and how Education, education, as Senatine Hosa always says, is the great equalizer. It's the way out of poverty. And the schools in the valley, across the board, are doing incredible things. So we did that live stream, and I meant to mention it last week with you, but we didn't do it. But we've been able to make up for that this week. We've just done one interview after another on the theme of education. We had Danny King the you know the nationally renowned superintendent of PSJA, he is retiring soon. So we got that podcast together. Then we went to see Narciso Garcia, who was like the deputy superintendent of PSJA, but moved over to Vanguard Academy. Their results were incredible. Then we met up with J.A. Gonzalez, the superintendent of McAllen. McAllen's figures are sensational, and like he pointed out, school districts are with a student population of above 20,000, there were only three in the state of Texas to get an A rating, and so we interviewed him. And so then our next education interview was with Bethany Solis. Now, Bethany is not from the Rio Grande Valley, but she started her teaching career down here, 
she worked in Mercedes and and Donna, and uh, she's um, a Teach for America alum, but she did so well teaching with Idea Public Schools that they promoted her. They asked her uh, to go and run a new program up in the Permian Basin. And the reason they needed to be up there, they felt, was because that region's growing so fast because of oil and gas. Population's exploding up in Midland and Odessa. And uh, the local school district has some schools that are failing, getting an F every year. So basically, it appears Idea was uh, invited up there. So she's up there. We got that interview. And then we capped it all. Our last interview and last story was yesterday's public hearing. All these regions, Region 1, all the regions around the state, these education service centres, they're required by law to have a public hearing after the state accountability results are out. So yesterday at Region 1 in Edinburgh, we had superintendents from across the region, that includes Laredo and the Valley, they came along. They all got awards. They were award, you know, they won. They were given plaques to thank to thank them for having a, a great school year. All of them, like we said, A's and B's in the accountability rankings. But we met up with Ruben Cortez, who is not only a board member on Region One, but he's also an elected official in the world of education. He is District Two uh, member for the State Board of Education, and so. He kicked off the public hearing by saying, this is an exciting day for Region 1. This is excite- an exciting day for South Texas. We got that interview. We put that out as a podcast. So I think between us, you and I, we've done five different education stories in addition to that live stream. So it really has been uh, Education Week. And that's quite something for us because ordinarily most of our coverage is as our regular readers would know most of our stories are economic development or business trade with mexico etc we don't do education per se but this week it just seemed like this was the week um to do it and it worked out well well as a matter of fact steve uh, i would say that uh, education ties in directly with uh, economic development, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does. If you listen to any of the economic development leaders in the Valley, they'll tell you that they, they're not going to be able to attract the best businesses, the best corporations, the high-paying jobs, unless we have a very skilled workforce, a well-trained workforce. So obviously the two things do go hand in hand. Um, my point was we do a lot of stories about you know, the economic development world and, and, and trade uh, issues, not per se education. But um, this was the week for that, and we were very pleased to connect with all these leaders, Cornelia Gonzalez, Danny King, Francisco Garcia, J.A. Gonzalez, Bethany Solis, Ruben Cortez, all of them. They were fascinating interviews, produced great stories. We were pleased with that. So that's our education wrap-up. The other uh, big thing for me, and this this is just a quirk, it doesn't happen every week, but some weeks it just seems like we're covering the same person. And this week, for better or for worse, <laughs> I think the, the subject was really good. The subjects were great, so it was for the better for sure. Um, we bumped into Vicente Gonzalez at so many places. 
we started out last weekend. It was India Independence Day uh, last week. And so the India Association of the Rio Grande Valley was having their annual celebrations in McAllen. By all accounts, there's about 800 or 900 families, uh, Indian families here, and they've got a very thriving organization. Well, Vicente Gonzalez found out about it, our congressman from McAllen, and he was there, and he gave some very uh, moving remarks because he, he said this is a joyous celebration and we should be saying, you know, be, be in a very happy mood, but I have to bring this back to the problems in El Paso with the shooting death of all those uh, Mexicans and Mexican-Americans in El Paso. And the point he was making is uh, there was a, that was a lone gunman who traveled hundreds of miles and with the intent of killing people because they were Hispanic. He said we need to in, uh, embrace and nurture and celebrate diversity in America. And that he was well received by the India Association for that. So we featured um, Vicente then, and uh, that story has got a lot of hits. It's, it's, it's going the, doing the rounds right now. And then we bump into Vicente again. He is the keynote speaker at a luncheon put on by the Rio Grande, the Hispanic Chamber of the Rio Grande Valley, Cynthia Zakalinsky's group. And he's interviewed by the former politics professor at UT Pan American, Jerry Polonard. Now, Jerry had some great questions for Vicente. So I went along to see what, you know, if any news was being created there. And the um, headline grabbing uh, part of that was when Vicente Gonzalez said that he'd like to see an Iraq-style green zone established from McAllen to Monterey. His point being that because that highway, Highway 40, is not secure, a lot of people from Monterey that ordinarily would come and shop here and stay here, uh, go to the island, etc., they're not coming over in the numbers they used to. And he's even going so far as to say his vote on ratifying NAFTA 2.0, which is called USMCA, it's dependent upon the US and Mexico agreeing to put security in that trade agreement. And it has to be, because without security, you can't have very good trade. And so he wants to see that highway, security along that highway beefed up so people come uh, in safety and in, in the knowledge that they can, they're not going to get uh, hijacked, their cars are not going to get taken from them, they're not going to they're not going to uh, be picked off by the gangs. So one person in the audience got up and said, his family, he has a lot of family members in Monterey, and they, whenever they're coming to the valley, they come in, in a pool. In a, they come in a caravan of five or six vehicles. So it's a fascinating discussion. That was very interesting, and we featured that. At the very same event, this, this luncheon put on by the Hispanic Chamber, uh, the organizers asked Richard Cortez, the Hidalgo County judge, to make some wrap-up remarks. And Richard chose the subject dear to his heart. Most of the events I, when, I, when we cover him, he's talking about this, and that's the poverty rate in the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, he wants to get a, a discussion going. His point is that when you have high poverty rates, that impacts the valley's economy. There are people that, have got, that are not earning a good living, can't afford health care, they can't afford um, legal help when they need it, they can't even clean up the, 
pay for the trash to be moved if they live in the rural areas, etc., etc. He was running it through all the costs, the higher costs Hidalgo County has as a result of having a poverty rate at 35% of people in Hidalgo County live below the poverty line. And he wants that subject to be debated. He wants to engage with groups like the Hispanic Chamber and lots of other community groups to say, what, what can we do about this? What can be done to improve the overall welfare and uh, living standards of people, of all the people of the valley, not just those that are, you know, are lucky enough to live in the nicer, nicer towns, but think of everybody, everyone throughout the county, and you look at those numbers and they're pretty dire. So that's a subject Sir Richard Cortez, the, uh, the county judge, is, is uh, focusing on, and we covered that. I have to mention that perhaps the last remark would be, I went to an event last night, which was fascinating, the new Texas A&M facility in McAllen. It's at Tres Lagos in North McAllen. And Texas A&M had um, a round table. This, this round table was absolutely fascinating, Mario. Uh, John Sharp, the chancellor of Texas A&M, State Senator Juan Chui Hinojosa, who won an award from Texas A&M for focusing on this issue that I'll get to. And then a guy that I'd never met before, Patrick Stover, who is the new Dean of Agriculture for Texas A&M. And John Sharp was telling how proud he was to have prized Stover away from uh, Cornell University. The point that Stover made is we had to think about food production very differently. He said the world has done tremendously well to fight hunger and to produce mass quantities of food to eliminate hunger. However, the nutritional value is not that good. And so now we have all these diseases associated with bad diets. And he talked about how agriculture is uh, suffering. It, economically, it's not a viable industry for a lot of people. The average age of the farmer, 60 years of age, people don't want to go into farming because it doesn't pay. And his point was, if we can get those farmers to produce and sell healthier foods and not all the junk food that we all, some of us buy, um, we will save healthcare. We will save healthcare costs. If our healthcare costs come down and we're not spending so much on treating these diet-related diseases, that money could be put back into agriculture to make agriculture a more viable industry. I hadn't heard this, I mean, but apparently, I've not heard this before, so for me that was fascinating, but he, Stover was saying that Congress gets it now, that, that the, uh, within the farm bills, the ag bills, funding and, and uh, programs are now related to nutrition. And so I've obviously sent out those remarks to you. I'm looking forward to you producing a podcast on Stover's remarks because uh, this this is like a tour they're doing, a sharp and Stover going around Texas uh, to talk about the new program, this new vision they have using te the Texas AgriLife uh, service that A&M, you know, has, has had all these years. This It was their turn to visit the valley. They've been in the valley for three or four days. They said the reception they've received has been really good. They've talked to producers. They've talked to, probably they've talked to schools. They, they, they've got to teach people, teach uh, the children to, uh, to go home to their parents and say, look, 
let's let's cut back on on the junk food and and, and eat vegetables and fruit etc it was a very uh, interesting uh evening i must say so we will obviously cover that in more depth and we will do the podcast so i'd wrap up our news wrap up of the week with that, that fascinating discussion from last night and of course i want to give a shout out to the folks uh their personal acquaintances of mine also the Texas A&M AgriLife Center over here in San Benito at the Annex. And uh, I might be talking to them pretty soon, too. And Steve, uh, also before we wrap up, uh, you know what? I just sent you some music. We're going to have a music page on the Rio Grande Guardian. (laughs) Is that right? Yeah, I'm so pleased, Mario. We've talked about this over the weeks because when you were on the, uh, the local NPR station, which we all miss terribly, uh, you had your music show every morning. I know that. You played classical music. And uh, when the station went off the air or changed hands, so, r- r- rather, uh, we spoke about, we, we, we'd like to keep this going. I know you have a lot of fans out there that love that show. And you have promoters that will, would provide you with uh, cl- um, artists that would you would interview. And uh, I said, look, Let's see if we can do it. The Rio Grande Guardian is obviously not known as a, a news outlet for culture or music or arts, etc. That's not our thing. But if we can help in any way with, by promoting your one of your passions and what you're so good at, then we would do it. So I'm looking forward to receiving that first um, feature that you've got. You can tell me about it now, and uh, we'll be definitely... Uh, promoting it. I'm excited about it because um, uh, I interviewed the conductor of the uh, Chicago Camerata. Well, Steve, all of us are familiar with or even have heard all of Antonio Vivaldi's Four Seasons Concerti. Well, this particular CD release is interesting because it contains two CDs. And the first CD is an educational CD, and it contains also the poetry, which I did not, I wasn't familiar with, the poetry of Antonio Vivaldi as it connects to each of the four seasons. So uh, the four seasons uh, as performed by the Camerata Chicago with a young violinist, a young lady, uh, and I'm not going to say a whole detail here, but you listen to this uh, segment of the CD during the podcast. That young lady playing the violin was 17 years old when uh, she laid down the recording. So this is some really uh, amazing things. And of course, the CD itself is unique. And so you'll have all the information on the music podcast. And uh, I just sent it to you. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. When you're explaining who you've got on that first um, show, I was just thinking we obviously put this uh, podcast on the website and we list the the highlights of the week. And this is going to be a first, obviously, the highlights being, for example, this podcast features information about uh, Danny King, uh, Richard Cortez, Ruben Cortez, uh, Vicente Gonzalez and Evalde. (laughs) <laughs> That's true, and Vivaldi. And Steve, before I close up, I just got a call from the Valley Symphony Orchestra, the public relations department there, and 
Um, and I asked her, I said, well, you're aware that I'm on the Rio Grande Guardian. And she said, yes, I listen to your podcast all the time. And I wanted to know if I could get you and Peter Dabrowski together uh, to talk about the Valley Symphony Orchestra. So I guess that's going to be a go. Is that right, Steve? Absolutely. We'd be honored to, to have um, that segment, that feature uh, in our podcast. I'm just so impressed. Uh, we started these podcasts maybe four weeks ago, five weeks ago. And um, obviously, if someone like of that stature is calling you and saying, can we do a feature? Can we do another an interview? Again, music related. And they're saying that not because of our connection through the radio station, but we, but through the podcast we've been doing over, over the last month or so, then that really, uh, I'm very pleased with that because clearly we're building up an audience, uh, which people said we would. We were told, you and I were both told, look, just do it online, do it digitally. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and it's it, true. It'll get heard, it'll get heard around the world. So we're doing that and, and that's the result. And uh, I'm going to close out with, uh, a, well, a quote from, uh, from that movie, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I love this quote. Uh, Papi O'Donnell's walking up to that old radio station out in the middle of nowhere, and he raises up his arms, and Papi O'Donnell says, We is mass communicating. We is mass communicating. And with that, we leave you. Uh, thank you very much. This is the news wrap-up for the Rear Grande Guardian for the week ending August the 23rd. <laughs>